0: And good morning evening afternoon wherever in the world you are. this is Harrison Smith returning with episode 29. I'm getting up there. I had an interesting series of uh, discussions last week. If, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that uh, I will post headlines I, I, and mostly because they're just absolutely ridiculous and reflect uh, basically what what an inane world in an idiocracy world we, we are becoming. And uh, every once in a while, I, I post something with a more serious bent instead of just sarcasm or a can-you-fucking-believe-this-is-actually-news type of of content. And uh, one of them was on the Home Alone 2 flap uh, that the can, uh, Canadian television had uh, cut the scene with Trump out of Home Alone 2 and, uh, you know, claimed that it was simply for running time and all that stuff. And and of course, you know, this was done a while ago and has no political bearing whatsoever. And what's interesting is, is my only reply was, is I, I don't give a shit about the politics. I, I think that's ridiculous. I'm not trying to, to instantly get my dander up because, you know, it's a Republican thing, it's a Democratic thing, it's a liberal, it's a conservative, it has nothing to do with that. It was simply a, as a filmmaker and an artist, I felt that, it was wrong, and um, I'm going to go into far greater depth on that about editing, which is sometimes disguised as censorship, or sometimes editing is is tampering with with art. So um, we'll get into that in a moment. However, somebody really you know tried to get on my case about it and and turn this into a political thing, and they you know people do this with this social justice warrior garbage. Like they they're just sitting out there. I feel like in wait looking for a fight. They they just sit there all day waiting to argue with someone about something and and this morning for example which has nothing to do with the content of this episode but yesterday I posted that an American girl doll was released with a uh, hearing loss that that she reflects a child with, you know, who is hard of hearing with hearing loss. And I just simply put the thing up going, well, you know, here we go. This, this is news. We have a war going on for 20 years in Afghanistan and another one now brewing. It looks like in the Middle East with Iran and that's heating up and 4,000 troops committed to that. And these fucking people like took a stand and, you know, started fighting and arguing over an American girl doll post. I mean, Right now, it has well over a thousand likes and and going on two hundred and some retweets or something like that. And I'm like, you know, I post all this other cool stuff every once in a while with scientific breakthroughs, especially about cancer and Alzheimer's and and other things like that. And then they might get like a handful of retweets, but. You know, don't piss anybody off over American Girl, and let them feel that you're slighting anyone with with you know hearing loss, so they can get up on their their white knight position, and they're going to go out there in social crusade. It's like holy shit, the 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 priorities that we have in this world right now, it's it's just staggering. You know, the the hills that people choose to die upon. What started it was is you know I posted a headline about uh, the Trump scene was cut in Home Alone 2 on CBC, the the Canadian broadcasting company. And, um, you know, people right away took offense. Oh, what is it? Is it because it's truly that it was edited or because your boy Trump was cut out? First of all, he's not my boy. And I had no political intention whatsoever. I didn't care about the politics. The point was, if it's cut for running time, then why are you airing it in the first place? And that's what I'm going to get into, whether it was the Trump scene or it's Macaulay Culkin riding in a cab in New York City or whatever. If you don't have the time to air the whole movie, then don't show it. Why are you cutting things? Because that's not what the director intended. It's not what the artist intended. Look, I I don't care what anybody says that that Trump cut was was an agenda, you know, whether it was, you know, uh he was president, somebody didn't like him, or even let's just say for argument, if they wanted to say it was done way before he was president. And there's an agenda there of all the scenes to cut. So so don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. There was an agenda. There's there's no doubt about it. And in my opinion, that is censorship. But I want to go back on, on a couple things as well, too. And I remember... Um, when I was shooting The Fields. And this refers to episode seven of my cinema podcast called Critical Thinking. And it deals with a couple things. Uh, Cloris Leachman was very concerned that a certain scene in my first film, The Fields, would be cut by the directors. Even though I had to make sure that it was shot, they kind of posited that they would uh, cut it in post-production anyway. And, And Cloris was very upset. And it was a scene... That talked about racial uh, issues and uh, the the use of the word nigger in in that scene, and the directors were already bowing to you know PC pressure, uh, you know, thinking that this was going to be offensive. First of all, if you go and you listen to episode seven, I play the scene in context, and uh, it is really about a woman uh, coming to grips and and confronting her own racism. Uh, Thanks to the help of of her grandchild, which was me in the film that the boy portrays me. It was a woman talking in the language of her time. And I'm not validating the word. I'm not saying it it is the right word to use and that it was okay to use even back then. The fact is the child pointed out that the word was not acceptable and gave that character pause to make her think, wow, I'm really setting a bad example for this kid. And they wanted to cut it. And I'm not a script diva, but I told them, and Cloris told them: if you remove this scene, we're we're going to raise a stink. And I did as well too. I said, you are censoring my script. You're not editing it. It's not like the scene ran on too long and you're trimming it down because you are the directors and you have the right to do so. And you could argue, well, they're the directors, and if they choose to edit that scene out. That is their prerogative, but it it was a hill I wished to die on because it's an extremely important scene which conveys so much between those two characters from from the little boy uh, cross generationally to his grandmother. In the end, the scene remained, and yet a reviewer who had no idea about film, I'm telling you, and did not understand what we were going through... Made basically the reference that that I'm a racist, and the use of the word was was used for laughs. And I I wanted to write back to this reviewer. Did you watch the same movie that we made? Because that's not what the intention of it is at all. And I gladly suggest anyone listening to this podcast right now go rent The Fields, go see it. Uh, it's it was on Hulu. I'm not sure it might not be on there anymore now, but it, it was recently been running there a while. Uh, but you can find it on 2 b TV. you can find it on Amazon Prime, uh, anywhere. So, so go look at it. And it's the scene where Cloris Leachman is washing dishes, asking uh, the little boy what he wants for dinner. And uh, he asks a question about a character's skin color. You get back to me on that and tell me if that was played for laughs or not. However, it did not get excised from the film and it should not have been. So let's go a little further. When I was in, I think it was seventh grade, I remember Jaws, the original Jaws, came on broadcast TV. It was ABC television that broadcasting it was a big deal that Jaws was on regular TV, even though it had been on HBO. And, and at that point in time, still, as far as I know, was not really readily commercially available on, on home video. The, the home video market was just starting out. So it was a big deal that Jaws was on free broadcast television and they aired it at primetime. I think it was eight o'clock at night on on the ABC. It was either Friday or Saturday night movie. And I remembered, you know, I've seen the film uh, a number of times in its re-release in theaters and and then I just had seen it on HBO. So it was still pretty fresh in my mind. And I sat down, even though there are commercial interruptions, you know, every 10 minutes with with regular broadcast television. But what bothered me was that they added scenes that had been cut from the film. One of them was Quint distracting a kid who's playing a clarinet in a music store because he came in looking for piano wire uh, for his baits. uh, Things like that. There were things that were added. It was my first real introduction uh, to editing for television. And I remembered thinking... I really don't like these scenes like I, I I had no idea you could do this, and this was a time for many of you. It may be hard to 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 even fathom, but there was a time when when you didn't even realize there were deleted scenes or deleted footage. The movie you saw was it and and your mind never even wrapped around the concept of that there could be more. I was blown away by this, and I remembered thinking, I don't like it, and there's a reason why Steven Spielberg cut the footage, why Verna Fields cut the footage. There's a reason for it. And to put it back in to make up for commercial time and pad the running time of it really tampered with the overall uh, enjoyment of the motion picture. And while you can say, well, it was edited for television uh, and that's the way it goes, my opinion is it is artistic censorship. They they cut certain things out as well too, to to spare you what what you know the gore. I can't remember what they did with the leg scene. I don't know if they chopped it down by a couple seconds, but they definitely edited and cropped and panned and scanned certain things in the opening with the nudity on the beach, and uh, things like that. And I remember like they they didn't do a beep with bad language. What they did is they just dropped the sound, so you just had a gap in the sound. But to me. That's censorship. You're either going to air it for what it is and assume that your audience is mature enough to handle this or don't air it at all. I've, I can't remember what year it was. I, I want to say it was, it was 80, 81, somewhere there was the 80s. Uh, they aired The Exorcist on CBS. Now, if there was ever a motion picture not intended for primetime free broadcast on regular television, it is the fucking exorcist. And yet they put that on just to grab people, to rope them in. And and by this time, I believe the film might've had a home video release. Uh, However, you know, it did play cable and things like that. And it did even uh, have a a re-release in theaters, a theatrical re-release. And so CBS throws it on and I'm telling you, man, they hacked it they cut everything up. And especially if you've seen the film, (laughs) basically that, that whole ending is entirely hacked up. And I remembered hating what they did. And I watched it all the way through simply because I was older than I was when I saw Jaws on network television of all the films to put on. You, you know what you're going into here. It's a vulgar film. The, the cross scene, the crucifixion scene with, you know, let Jesus fuck you and all of that. Why? Why? Are you showing this? It it is just, you're hacking up a piece of art. You can say, well, that's edited for television. I'm saying that is censorship. That's exactly what it is. They're telling you under the guise of we're going to keep you safe and this is for your own protection. It is censorship. If it's that bad, then don't fucking show it. That's the same way with this podcast. You don't hear me bleeped. I tell my guests when they come on, say whatever the fuck you like, because if you're offended by fuck or any type of content on here, then don't listen. Let, let's take a look at when uh, Titanic aired uh, somewhere. I think it was in theaters. I believe it was still in theaters out in Utah, I want to say. And uh, there was a religious group, whether it was the Mormons or, or whatever. They they snipped uh, the, the nude rose scene with Kate Winslet, obviously, the, the drawing scene. Uh, They snipped it out of the theatrical showing and James Cameron went after them and uh, they restored it. And good for James Cameron. If that nudity is going to offend you, you can watch all these people drown and die and all that stuff. That's perfectly okay, but don't don't show some tits. Whatever you do, don't do that. I mean, Adam and Eve were naked, were they not? So I, I don't understand this. Don't cut it. It comes down to being that simple. If it's that offensive to you, Don't fucking watch it and don't show it. Go watch something else. But the distributor, whether it's broadcast or even theatrical, has no right to go in and alter that print. That's how I feel. So when someone on Twitter said, so what you're saying is any type of edited for television kind of thing is censorship. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Absolutely. And also... It's a different kind of alteration when you add things, especially when you're deleting some things and adding others. Star Trek, the motion picture is one of those. Now, I saw the original 1979 film in 1979 in theaters. And while I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, I I can't say I followed the series in detail. I was young. I think I was in sixth grade when it came out. And quite honestly, I I fell asleep while watching it for almost 10 minutes in the theater. My friend had to wake me up, and I felt like when I woke up, not much had happened in those 10 minutes. That's why some people have called it the motionless picture. However, I appreciate the film, and now that I'm older, I've watched it a couple times since, and I mean, it's a beautiful-looking motion picture, and uh, there are some really cool elements about it, I, I will say. But they added a bunch of stuff as well, too. You know, a kind of quasi-director's cut. I don't know if Robert Wise ever had anything to do with all of that uh, or how much he had to do with it. But looking at it um, and seeing it on television, they added a whole bunch of stuff which made it even longer. And yet they took out other things as well, too. And I remembered thinking... This isn't right unless the director did it. Now, again, I don't know what Robert Wise had to do with the broadcast cut of Star Trek, the motion picture. I, I do know on video there, there was input from the creative teams and such. So again, there, it's a fine line there. If Look, I'm going to make it very clear. If the director comes in and says, this is what I want to change for a director's cut, And whether that is excising some things and putting some other things in that didn't make it, that's a different story. That's not censorship. That is artistic license by the creator, not the distributor or broadcaster. Look, it's no different than music on the radio or or wherever when they they drop certain offensive words, whether it's shit or fuck or whatever. And and I've heard it from Pink Floyd through Green Day and, and everything else in between. I've heard all of that. If it's that offensive, don't air it. So then I I got to follow-up with Jaws. And and ABC, what they did is they they aired Jaws 2. And I I remember I was in eighth grade for that. And they put uh, Jaws 2 on primetime, 8 p.m., you know, the ABC Saturday night movie kind of thing. And uh, they did it again. So I, I remember this time around, I got the experience of them dubbing voices over. And the one that I'll just never forget was in Jaws 2, there's a line where the actor, the the kid who played Larry Vaughn Jr. says, she's got tits like a sparrow, referring to Donna Wilkes when she first arrives on on the docks. And he says, she's got tits like a sparrow. And they dubbed it over with, she's got a body like a sparrow. Now, number one, it looked like bad lip syncing, which it was, and it, it didn't fit. And what the fuck does that mean? She's got a body like a sparrow holy shit, are you wrecking the movie? Again, if the word tits is so offensive, think about this. ABC goes, we're going to show a movie about a killer shark eating people. Now, right there, that tells you this is not fun family entertainment, okay? And yet they turn around and and it's okay for the shark to eat people, but you can't say tits because that might offend somebody. That is censorship under the guise of we're going to protect you. And they went through and they, they edited down some of the attack scenes, which overall, I, I think most people would agree, Jaws 2, even in the theaters, was pretty bloodless. I mean, even after with Eddie's death with Tina, I mean, you have the blood in the water and Marge, when, when the shark eats Marge in Jaws 2, I, I don't remember much of, of any blood. I mean, it comes up in front of the camera, you hear a crunch and, and down it goes and Marge is gone. So what was there to cut here? And then you're going to use, she's got, you know, a body like a sparrow. It was horrendous. I I, I really did. And and I remembered as a kid going, they're, they're ruining it. And then they went in and they added all these other scenes. Chief Brody giving a ticket uh, to Len Peterson and all this filler stuff. But then what they did is they added what happened to the helicopter pilot. When the shark flips the helicopter over in the theatrical version, it flipped the helicopter over and then it turned and went right to attack the kids. And on the ABC version, this was the first time I ever saw this footage. And in fact, again, never even knew that they shot this footage. Uh, they showed the shark attacking the helicopter pilot under the water and it looks horrendous it looks really really bad and you see why they decided neil travis decided let's cut this and and the theatrical version it works great they diminish the film by showing us what happens under the water and that again is a, it's almost like a reverse form of censorship you're you're changing what we're seeing but you're you're doing it by adding some layers on to mask what you've taken away. It's it's an interesting kind of concept there. And then ABC did it again with Superman, the original Richard Donner Superman in, in 1978, when they aired it on ABC, uh, they added all kinds of extra footage, which uh, again, I'm looking at it going, I, I prefer the theatrical. And as far as I know, Richard Donner had no input on that. There was still all a mess with that going on. And they added the scene where uh, Gene Hackman is playing a piano, where uh, Valerie Perrine is, is going to be dropped into a pit of lions, which was never referred to in the theatrical cut. And we never did find out what Superman did with Miss Tessmacher or really it, until even Superman 2, then she just showed up again. She's still with Lex. So, I mean, it was probably best that way. But I remember thinking again, ah, oh, what, what is this? And even though there wasn't a lot to cut in Superman and, and somebody, if anybody's listening, correct me if I'm wrong on the broadcast, but did they show little baby Superman, little kid Superman naked with, you know, his his little dick hanging out and everything when he comes out of the, the meteor out out of the crashed spaceship? I mean, did they leave that in? That was perfectly okay, but you can't say tits in Jaws too. You got to say he's got a body like a sparrow or did they crop it? It'd be interesting to see what they feel compelled is offensive and what isn't. So that's something if anybody listening can get back to me on that. It was it was aired on ABC, I remember that, and it was the broadcast version of Superman the movie from the Richard Donner 1978. And building right off of that, you know what they did with Superman 2 when Richard Lester came on after they fired Richard Donner from the theatrical version. If for those of you who don't know, they they shot Superman 1 and 2 back to back. And I believe that Richard Donner had well over 70% of the film shot and done when the Salkinds basically got rid of him. They, uh, according to what I have read, uh, Donner was very, very upset by the fact that uh, the Salkinds were taking uh, Superman into an almost campy route. And and to be fair, the, the uh, television version of Batman was still fresh in a lot of people's minds. And Donner, who went to great lengths to give Superman real gravitas with with the original 1978 film, was very nervous about the slapstick comedy and things like that that were were being suggested and being pushed by the Salkinds. And so a falling out entailed, and uh, basically the Salkinds fired uh, Richard Donner, and they brought in Richard Lester to finish it out. Well, Lester went back, and to make sure that he got directing credit... Uh, he had to go back and reshoot a bunch of the stuff that Donner shot so he could get full director credit on this. And and it's awful. The stuff I remember even thinking in the in the theaters when I saw Superman 2, I thought, man, this is stupid. Like the whole attack on Metropolis and the slapstick stuff with the guy on roller skates and somebody's toupee flying off when the villains use their super breath. Uh, you know, the ice cream in the face, all, all that kind of stuff. The guy on the, the pay phone that's, that's blowing down the street, still on the phone, talking on the phone. Like I remember thinking like, this is pretty fucking stupid. And I was in like eighth grade, going into ninth grade at the time. And uh, I'm not a superhero guy. I'm not a Marvel. I'm not a DC guy. I, I've seen a number of these films, but I, I'll, I'll tell you, I really appreciated and enjoyed the first Superman film. And then I got to see the Donner cut which even as raw as it is sometimes is so much better than that theatrical 1981 Richard Donner cut. And then you can get into the the censorship of other things while the films are being made. I mean, look at Exorcist 3. The studio came in and just, you know, the, the brass, the executives really fucked with Blatty's vision of of what Exorcist three should look like, and it's been nice to see that the Exorcist three has been rediscovered, and they did release a director's cut versus the theatrical, and it's here that to show you that I'm I'm trying to stay as as well balanced as possible on cutting and editing and and creative and all that. I, I gotta say I'm I'm gonna go with the theatrical cut for Exorcist three, and it has nothing to do that I couldn't see past the raw uh, quality of. Um, like a lot of it was, you know, restored footage in, in the director's cut that's on DVD and you definitely got, you know, a lot more of the Gemini killer in that, but I'm going to say for, uh, uh, you know, the way that the movie plays out in structure, I will go with the theatrical, even though the studio really fucked with it. Like that whole exorcism scene at the end in in the, uh, patient room, Jason Miller, it's really hokey, and and you could tell they were just like, oh, not enough demon shit, and the whole father mourning thing uh, that just came out of nowhere, and they stuck all that in just to give you your your demonic shit and your special effects, just in case you might be losing interest in what Blatty was trying to do. And as a reminder, this all came because this person on Twitter, you know, tried to really provoke me. I, they they were looking for an argument, man. They they wanted me to fight with them. And, and the bottom line comes down to, as I said, and that is if the director or the person in charge of that motion picture did not make those cuts, did not add that deleted footage, then it is a form of censorship. My point is if you can't broadcast it the way it was intended to be broadcast, then it is censorship. And it's no different when you hear of a director who says, well, they they took my vision and, and they screwed with it. Look, that's why David Fincher has nothing to do with any type of director's cut of Alien 3. I mean, the experience of making Alien 3 for David Fincher was so harrowing that we almost lost him from future projects. He was going to quit the business over it. Is, is there a, an original script that was made under the full supervision when David Fincher was director of Alien 3, I'd be very interested to see uh, what take they they were going with then. Because as most people were, uh, I was greatly disappointed in what they did with Alien 3. And again, that was a form of censorship and tampering from the executives that came in, saw what Fincher was doing, and made him do radical cuts, edits, and total scene reshoots just to fulfill their vision. They were taking the vision of the director and they were totally fucking with it to make something else for an entire different type of intention. That is censorship, whether it comes from the executive level or it comes from the broadcasting distribution level. Look, and if you don't believe me, should a movie theater now that especially we have digital copies being broadcast in in theaters instead of 35 millimeter prints should a theater manager, because they're offended by something, be allowed to go into the booth and either themselves or tell the projectionist to take this scene out of the film because they personally don't like it? I'll leave you with this. Think about a network, prime time, free broadcast, not even your basic cable that you pay for. Broadcasting blazing saddles today. If you bleep just one, Word of nigger out of that film, it is absolute censorship. Mel Brooks shot that for a reason. The entire movie is a slamming indictment against racism. That's why the word is used. And yes, the word is used for laughs to show how stupid we are for the labels we apply to each other when in the end we're all the same. And the scene that sums that up perfectly when one of the leads at the end says, all right, we'll give some land to the niggers and the chinks, but we don't want the Irish. And they they cut over to the black and Chinese and they're even waving their hands like, no way, we don't even want them. That is fantastic because it shows the futility and stupidity of racism. That's the whole point that Mel Brooks was trying to get through and he even said, I would never be able to make that movie today, let alone you know, get it out there to be seen because everybody's offended. You cut anything, a blazing saddles like that. That is absolute censorship. It is not editing for running time on television. It is pop culture and cultural artistic censorship. I'm ending with this and that is there should be uh, a major support for hard media. I am very worried about motion pictures especially, but any type of, of entertainment content and that includes music. Uh, just existing only in a streaming format out there in the ether it, on the internet, and and that's it. There should be hard media because when you have it out there, it can be edited, and eventually we will never know if something has been erased, taken out, or even reshot. With hard media, you have it, and you can say, "Hey, here it is. I have it here." And I know some of you are saying, "Well, then just save it on your hard drive." I, I guess. But I am all in favor of keeping hard disk, that kind of type of hard media where DVDs of whatever they're going to take form of, but a hard digital format that is packaged, has the the wrapping and, and the artwork and everything. I hope that never goes away because it is a permanent record of what something was and it is preserved the way it was intended to be. Because in the streaming ether, we can go back and start changing anything that we wish. This is Harrison Smith. Thank you so much for listening. Love to hear your input on this. Have a great week. Head on over to iTunes and give me a like and review. And if you want to read my cinema blog, you'll find it at horrorfuel.com forward slash author forward slash Harrison.